Blog Talk Radio. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am fired up to tell you about today's show, and boy, oh, boy, are we going to have a good one. Today's topic is a blow to patriarchy. Did your girl just jump ship and is swimming in the lady pond? What is that all about? Is she saying that she loves you, that there are no gender barriers, and that she's just exploring her sexuality? She says it's another layer of sexual empowerment. Or is it? Is there something more profound going on underneath the surface? Is it a thin guise and really an affront to men? Hmm. I have always wondered why women don't use sex as a tool way more than they do to get what they want. How would it be if we just decided to have a no-sex day because we're revolting because we don't want men to go to war, right? So I don't know why they don't use this tactic more often, but they don't. So anyway, it's now coming in this new modern form. That's what we're going to be talking about today. The beauty is that these women don't even know they're using it as a tool. So what's going on here? Is it the powerful banker's agenda that wants to depopulate the world, and that's why they're promoting the LGBTQ communities in the day? Anyway, we're here to discover what is going on with this topic. Is this just another way to disempower men? And is there another way to get their agenda met without denigrating our men? All right, so today we're joined by two guests, my great friends. They both are authors and have books out. My first guest is Susan LeBron, and I want you to check out her book. By the way, you don't have to remember all this. I'll put this all on the social media link so you can just click on it, go right to it. Her book is called No Fig Leaves Allowed, Getting Emotionally Naked. So what does this book do? Stop sweeping your past insecurities, fears, and doubts under the rug. By using Susan's book, she teaches you critical communication skills that ignite intimacy. Now, who wouldn't want that? (laughs) All right. Welcome, Susan. And I'll introduce Emmy in just a moment. But welcome, Susan, to the show. How are you today? Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me on here. I am fabulous, and I'm so excited about our topic today. Awesome. So we're talking about this topic. I'll also post this later on after the show airs, but there's a new topic that was written about Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus has just been married for a mere eight months to Liam Hemsworth. Like what girl wouldn't go gaga over Thor, right? Right. Right. So you have this great marriage. They look so cute. They're so in love. They're just so well fitted for each other, seemingly on the outside, right? But below the surface, Miley jumps ship 
and starts macking on this other girl. The other girl, by the way, is also married to a celebrity, a really good-looking celebrity, and they've decided to leave their respective partners for each other. So what do we make of this, Susan? Wow. Of course, as you know, Linda, in my book, I talk a lot about fig leaves, which are our own barriers to intimacy. And sometimes navigating through those barriers is a lot of self-discovery and what we expect from our partners and what we expect from ourselves. A lot of it's based on our past, you know, how we were raised and different experiences we have. So celebrities have, a, it's a whole new world out there where they make believe and one and, you know, who am I and who am I pretending to be and all the expectations put on them by their fans. And I think it can be a very confusing place to be in your mind and certainly as a young girl growing up in a glass house. Absolutely. Let me also bring on my other great guest. Her name is Emmy Sims. She is also an author. The name of her book is A Little Bit of Pleasure. You'll want to check that one out because Emmy teaches you how to have a better sex life and who wouldn't want that. Welcome, Emmy, to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. And it's great being invited to share in this conversation. I have my own set of ideas on it. And Susan, it's good to hear your voice again. Being that we think this way, my biggest thing after reading the whole article on her, I thought to myself, well, the one thing that's missing in that marriage is communication. She's been very open about her bisexual attitudes. And so did they not discuss this? I have a lot of questions to ask the author that she didn't ask. They obviously, to me, based on the author of this article, didn't ask, well, didn't you guys talk about this? Because she's been very open for a very long time about it. Yes, she has. And you're right about that. I don't know if they've talked about this subject to each other. Way back in 2015 to Vanity Fair saying that she's open-minded and she's sexually fluid. Now, I don't know before the marriage vows if that discussion happened between the two of them. But, yes, she certainly talked about it publicly. Well, I think she's trying to find herself. Yes, she did. With a man. I questioned that when I saw all the hubbledoo. Now she doesn't want it. Or maybe he didn't want it. Or maybe when he was faced with it, the reality of it, that she was going to include another person in her life that she sleeps with and loves and has a relationship with, maybe it didn't feel so good in reality. See, that's what I'm wondering. When we first talked about this subject five years ago, All guys were down with this subject because it was an opportunity to have a threesome. And what guy wouldn't want to have a threesome? (laughs) But the complexion of this same conversation has changed in recent time. And now the question for the guy is, well, where are we going now? Is it a she versus me? meaning this other woman versus the husband, Mm -hmm. or is it going to evolve into some polyamorous situation? Sometimes you see this person, the the woman, and sometimes you see me. What is the guy supposed to do with this information? We get and we support that you're fluid, but what's the guy supposed to do with this information? That's what happens when you blend roles like that, sexuality. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's a man or a monkey. You're going to get satisfied. So you have a woman, a man... 
if you're going to get married, you have to have certain expectations of what your marriage is going to look like. And that does come down to communication, like Emmy said. Well, it's just like if people get married and they don't discuss how the money is going to be used or who's going to hold the money or how's the money going to be divided. Right. Who gets an allowance or not? Or do we have, and I see this all the time, they don't talk about it. They get caught up in the wedding and the glow and all of that stuff, and there's no communication. It's like, gee, I didn't know you wanted children. Oh, but I do. Well, I don't. The longer couples are together, their expectations do change. Their needs, they're a lot more relaxed in some areas and maybe more cautious in others. I think sexuality is one of those things that even in my own marriage, after 22 years, you think, hey, you know, let's see if we can spice it up with a toy like Emmy has on her little bit of pleasure. Yes. There's different things. And if you introduce, hey, other people, it's mutually agreed upon and talked about, this is what we're going to do, or, hey, I'd like to try this. And as partners, you do that together. It should never be a, I'm just going to do it on my own. And and that's not what you're married to do. You're married to, to work together and please each other. So I don't understand what's going on with this. I think I think it's really sad, really sad. I think it's sad that they have not taught to communicate. I believe you can grow in a marriage and you can have a deeper relationship, especially when you're talking about sexuality and sex. And the three of us have different experiences dealing with the different people, and some of them are the same or some of them are different. I feel, in my experience, if a woman wants to bring a toy into to spice it up, a lot of times it's rejected because it's a threat to their masculinity. The other thing, if a man wants to try something different, he wants to have sex standing on his head, uh, that's not the right way. I don't want to do that. So there's doors closed on both sides, and they do not know how to communicate in the beginning. And if they don't learn how to communicate as they grow together in their marriage, none of those things are going to happen. Because all of those old ideas that we have about men and women never change. And personally, myself, being that I've been married a couple of times, and I didn't pick the best, and I was quiet because he was the head of the household, that type of attitude, trying to wash the toilet and pearls in a house dress, because that's the way it's supposed to be, all of those things I was raised with. I wonder how much that plays in a part of Miley, where she is such a rebel, and when she broke out of the Disney thing, she went wackadoodle in her clothes, in her sexuality. Now, she felt trapped. Yes, she did that quite a few times, too. But that's what I think. I don't think there's, like Susan, there's not one thing that fits them all. And I think they're rebelling openly to say, see what I am and trying to get approval and understanding. And if there's anybody out there, you too can do what I'm doing. With blurred lines. I find it quite interesting that she married such a popular and mainstream type of guy being that she's so rebellious and so out there. I mean, she didn't marry a gender-fluid guy. She didn't marry a rebel. <laughs> well, we don't know. He came into the uh, marriage with his hammer, and this is the way it's going to be. But then again, I really don't know. Do we really know the truth? No. No. There's so. a lot of sensationalism that goes on in Hollywood. And yes. It's, it's hard to know. I mean, as, as just armchair critics, there's so much that we don't know. I'd love to sit down with Miley and have a real naked discussion about her I own insecurities and why she feels that. I want to sit down with Liam. Oh, heck. Yeah. Yeah. I, li- <laughs> yeah. I would like to find out because in society today, a woman doing that, there's not an uproar. Well, I'll tell you what, if he sat down 
and said, listen, I want to bring another guy in, there'd be a lot yeah. more stink. I mean, how that's can he how people see one of them? Yes, that's how, there you go. I think that is, she's looked at as a rebel. I still think there's more to the story, and I have a funny feeling. Once he got into the house and saw what the house was decorated, he goes, hmm, this is not for me. It's, hmm. Uh, maybe he couldn't handle it. They had to talk about that. They've known well, each other for a very long thing. time. They've known each other for like 10 years, I think. And they were going to get married a few years back. And somebody mm-hmm. dumped somebody a few years back, and then they reconciled. And their engagement picture, when they reconciled, Miley was very traditional looking. She looked like one of those glam photos from the 50s. It was so traditional. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's he, he can't not have known Emmy. I mean, 10 years, that's a long time to not know somebody. Right. He knew. He knew. But I don't and think it got in bed with him. Stage two. I don't think it got in bed with him. That's what I'm thinking. I think yeah. people need to be careful ascribing things to their own life based on what happens in Hollywood. It's Even reality TV is not real. No, you it is not. You can't say this is how society is thinking based on what Miley Cyrus does. That's a very small viewer. Mm-hmm. Yes. By the way, my friends, if you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on with my special guest today, Susan LeBron and Emmy Sins. Both are authors, and they're joining us on this discussion on not only Miley Cyrus, but other wives who are married to great-looking guys. In their cases, they're celebrities, and they've decided to jump ship and swim in the lady pond. Why is this happening? How is this happening? How is this affecting the guy? We're talking about it all. We want you to join in on the conversation. Ask us your questions or your comments or your overview. You can do so easily. Call us at 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677. Also, if you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, you can also hit us up on the chat line. And the Blog Talk Radio, that address is blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT, Linda Gross forward slash DT, like short for dating tips, dating tips, Linda Gross. All right. So we will catch you right back after the break. We're going to continue on this conversation with why these good-looking wives who are married to great-looking guys, why are they leaving the husband to go swim in the lady pond? We'll catch you right back after the break. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women Too. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you.
Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about a blow to patriarchy. All these women that are listed in this article today, another one was uh, Julianne Huff, who's a, a dancer. She's currently on AGT as one of the judges. She is also married. She is also swimming in the Lady Pond. The article goes on to talk about her as well. We are joined today by my guests, Susan and Emmy. So let's slide right back into this topic. You too can call if you're listening in 323-642-1677, 323-642-1677. All right, guys. So do you think this is a power play by these wives to get even with their men? Emmy, like you were saying, a lack of communication on certain topics. Do you think that this is a retaliation in some way to put men in their place? Well, if I may Emmy, speak, are Linda, you there? I, yeah. I don't know if Emmy's there. Is Emmy there? I personally don't think it's a power play. I think looking at Miley Cyrus and Julianne as two separate, I see them two separate perspectives where I may lean more towards Julianne and understanding. I think she's got a good grip on what she needs and expressing them to her husband as far as expectations and how she needs this and that different parts of herself. She's definitely done the research and done the self-work. Miley, I don't think yeah. has, has done that. I think mm-hmm. that's important I, right there. I think that's yes, Emmy. probably half of it. I think there's another part of young women today, and I mean 25 and up, 25 to 40, that are still trying to find out what they are. And I think they see the world differently, the decisions that men have made. Uh, somebody asked me about this the other day, and this is my take on difference between men and women. And you see it on the news. If a young man or a child is killed in war, The father stands there and he says, my son or my daughter died doing what she did. And the mother is absolutely Mm -hmm. devastated, sobbing. She lost her child. I think there's two different ways, dramatically different ways of looking at it. I have been told no for a job because I was a woman. And I did get the job because no man wanted it because it's hard work. And I'm not saying men don't have hard work, but the type of work this was, they didn't want to do. And I was really good. But I think women look at the way society is today and who's running it and some of the messes, some of the messes, that they're all made by men and women don't have a say in it. And that's sad. And I think there is a rebellion going on in a broader perspective, not just sexual. There are women that I know that are gay, that have been have they've had a gay partner forever. They don't need to get on Vanity Fair and shout it from the rooftops. And nor mm-hmm. are they ever asked. All of these women, some of these things that people go through, the women that go through with a child with a disability, one movie star goes through it. Oh, my God, let's put their face everywhere. They're such heroes. And it's the everyday person who really does the hard work sometimes. And that probably sounds really tacky, and I don't mean it to be tacky, but somebody who's very wealthy and a whole lot of money and lives way different than Mary Jane on ABC Street can't afford an aide, can't afford a nanny, can't afford a special nurse. And so their struggles are far more deep, but we don't write a lot about those people. So I agree with Susan. It's a little flash in the pan. I think it's a little bit rebellion. I think it's a little bit, look at me, look at me. And I also like what we discussed in the very beginning. I think it's got to be taken on an individual case. But I think there's a lot deeper that goes into this. 
I think number two, and I'm not really understanding why women have not used sex as a tool. Because they could have. They could have declared, okay, Friday is no sex day to, like, accomplish anything. Guess what? It turns out that men do anything and everything for sex. The fact that he's changing your tires, the fact that he's putting gas in your car, the fact that he's reading more on that computer program so he can make more money at work. They say that every avenue that a guy does is all for sex. It's all to get better sex and more frequent sex. So to turn the tables on that, it would be more honest to say I'm withholding sex because I don't like the way you have sex with me. So you either need to get with the program and satisfy me too and don't go in and out in one minute where I'm not going to get any gratification, so I'm withholding sex on Fridays or whatever. I mean, I don't know why that ploy hasn't been used more often, because men are not listening. Well, not even as a tool. I don't think, I think that's wrong, and using sex to get or avoid anything is right on both sides. But it is important for both people in a relationship to to enjoy sex and not see it as a bartering tool. I don't want to have sex, or I don't feel safe to have sex. Rather, it's a feeling of safety that you're not just giving and and doing and then not getting in return. You don't, you can give so much before you're empty. And I think this whole concept of the lady pond is, well, let's look at what the lady pond is doing for women. And why are men not providing that for them? Oh, good point. Good point. I think that's a reason why not to have sex with a husband is because a woman does it better. She has a female body just like we do, so it's just easier to navigate those waters. So it's probably because the woman does it better. Well, the expectation is a man wants to be satisfied, and it's the destination, not necessarily the journey. Yeah. Well, don't forget, for a lot of time, our job was to take care of the husband, whether you like it or not. Now, if people listening to this, if they're 25 to 40, they're going to laugh at what I'm saying. But that's the truth. This is your job. This is your duty. It was never, ever discussed in any relationship that I had or any woman that you are supposed to have pleasure. Mm -hmm. And you do not have great sex if you don't trust that person. I think. Yeah. Women having pleasure is relatively a new thing. That came after the invention of the pill. Prior to that, we were just popping out babies, you know, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, right? So the pill gave Mm. us the power to delay getting pregnant. And that delay allowed us all kinds of fun things. It allowed us to pursue an education or start a career or get a job or whatever. She had choice at that point because she was not dictated by what her body wanted to do, meaning to get pregnant all the time. So with that, it turned from procreation to recreation. So I think in the tens of thousands of years that we've been here, the having pleasure part is really a relatively new thing. Oh, I would say that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so. where rebellion yeah. comes from. Well, part of the problem, too, is, is knowing that you are confident in pleasing your partner. I don't think any sexual situation is positive unless you feel like, hey, you know, if it's just me getting off on myself, that's one thing. But I get pleasure from pleasing my partner. And he or she would feel comfortable pleasing me, I think. I agree. Yeah. how we think. 
if you feel like you're always the one that's giving or that you're being expected to do this in service or in exchange for, I don't know, him going to work and paying the bills, that's not pleasure at all. Nope. No. <laughs> that's like a servant in servitude. I spoke to a woman the other day. She says, I didn't know that I was a lesbian until I divorced my husband. And I said, really? She wow. says, yeah, I didn't know how bad it was until it was good. <laughs> huh. yeah. And, yeah, but then again, she comes from another true that Susan said, that they never communicated. That was her duty. She had three or four children. That's what you were supposed to do. And if you yeah. look at commercials today, they still set women up in that kind of role. Or if she's a businesswoman, she does it all. She made nut butter that they put on toast. She's doing that. She's got her briefcase in her hand. She's sipping a cup of coffee, and the dog gets out the back door, and she walks off happy. And the kids run in front like she's the man in the picture. Mm. And who are yeah. they playing? But so you think sexuality <laughs> is a desperate attempt, gain, regaining I, some kind of power, feeling like you have power. I think all of that. I think is cool. so. I think so. I interviewed a, a young lady. I think she must have been late 20s. Let's call it 28, 29, somewhere in there. And she says, I have had it with men. The liars, the cheaters, the players, the being let down, the heartache. She says, I've turned gay because I'm sick and tired of it. It's not because she had sexual fluidity. It's not because she was already homosexual <laughs> or had lesbian tendencies when she was four years old. She says, none of that is true. She says, I've given up. I can't find a decent guy that's not going to play me and rip my heart out. So it's just easier just by my turning gay. And oh I just had gosh. to agree with her. I mean, in a way... I understand, and with social media and, and all the dating apps and everything else, and these guys can so easily swipe left, swipe right, or they're betting 10 people a night or whatever they're doing. Uh, it must be really, really difficult to be a 20-something-year-old woman in this day and age. Really difficult. How do you get their attention? How do you get their focus? If not you, they got 200 other girls to choose from, you know? You're not down for three them? That's well, what I think. They want a threesome or they want to come all over your face or whatever the latest thing is. And if you're not it, tag, they, there's 200 other girls that will. So they're, they've well, moved on to the next well, then you, That's right. Well, the girls can move on too. I mean, it's, you, that's what dating is supposed to be, what you want, what you don't want. That's what dating is. It's just yeah. become automated and a little quicker that way. But I think it's important. If, there's lots of men, and I have a lot of female friends that are single, divorced, widowed even, that are out there, and it is tough. You find yourself standing around and competing with other women. It's like, well, what do you want? I always tell them, hey, find out what makes you tick. Look about, you know, write a list down of what you want, your non-negotiable things here, and just stick to it. And if they don't match, then they don't match. You can't force someone to be what you need, and no man or no woman can complete each other. Bingo. You just yeah. hit the nail on the head. We're looking for yeah. that. So what, are, what is everyone this searching again, for? Gen, yeah, that's, uh, this is a general thing. So I'm, it's, we as women, in general, need to find what we want. Really, seriously. Do you want to go back to school? I just got accepted at school here in, in Vermont. I'm very excited about it. And do we want to cook? Do we want to ride horses? You know, there's always a way that we can do some of the things that we want to do if, if money is an object. 
There's things that we can do, and we don't, we say, oh, yeah, you can be everything you want, but every time we turn to go that way sometimes, there's big roadblocks, huge roadblocks, Mm -hmm. because we are women. But to go out just to find a guy, so I don't have to work as hard, we can have two incomes and all of this, or whatever some of the things that we've all heard, I think that's another part of the building that we're building. I just think this is a process right now. I don't know where it's going to end. I think the best way to meet somebody is when you're already comfortable in your own skin, that you're not looking for a Jerry Maguire. You're not looking for someone else to complete you. You're already complete. You're already happy. You already have a circle of friends or family or whatever. You're already doing what turns you on. If kayaking is your thing, you're out there on the lake every weekend, you're doing your own thing. And then the right person does enter your life and you're ready for it because it's a compliment to what's going on in your life rather than missing peace. Absolutely. Find up you for look fishing you class. And you find people doing the same things that you like. Right? You Go like fishing. to do. Absolutely. That's <laughs> right. it. And yep. meeting in a bar is not going to find your Prince Charming. I'm sorry, ladies. If the younger girl oh, no. think that's it. <laughs> it depends. I met my husband in a bar, but <laughs> I was doing what I love. I was dancing. And that's yeah. and not you not on dancing. the table, but I, I was salsa <laughs> dancing and I tell people that years ago, you two may not know this, but I, I had an introduction service way before social media and we would have matching parties and what do you want in your ideal partner? And most people mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about that. But what I noticed is I would switch the questions around and say, what do you like to do? What are your values? What is your perfect date? All these different things, what's important to them. And then I go, do you think all these ideal things, it's like, do you think this is hard to find? They go, well, you are it. So if it exists in ourselves, then it exists out there. People will be drawn to you because of what you have in common. But communication is the key. And the activity that's in my book, the comfort meter, helps men and women go into themselves and say, okay, what are my barriers to intimacy? And there's a whole list of things to help you get naked and get rid of all the baggage and fig leaves and understand why you make the choices you do, why you think of men or women the way you do, uh, finances, sex, your body, all of these types of things. And then teaches you how to communicate those to the people that you're dating or in a relationship with. That's where it comes down to, whether it's Miley, Julianne, me, Emmy, you, Linda, anybody's listening, you have to know yourself and feel comfortable with who you are. And then that's the only way you'll be able to be genuine enough to attract the people that you want. I agree. Absolutely. I agree too. And I, I don't think Miss Miley has a clue of who she is. I think internally. No. I think she's looking. And maybe she just jumped in too quick. Maybe she thought I can make it work. Maybe she thought yeah. this is the right way or this is the good way or this is the best way for me. All of those maybes. And once she got in the house and closed the door, she realized it was the wrong house. Sort of like the Catholic girl syndrome where she was like this shiny new Disney product or what have you. And she rebelled in her adult years and she's just trying to find herself. Maybe she was fit in the mold, fit in the mold, fit in the mold for so many years during her show 
that she wants to be anything but that. I agree. I think all of which it, there's I nothing think, you know, nothing wrong with that, but I mean maybe for her, maybe she's got to go to the other extreme in order to find some kind of semblance in the middle. Or maybe it's just another mm-hmm. mold that people want to put her in. It could be molded her into Disney. They could have molded her into this vampy freedom sexual being the whole the whole scene. I mean we're just on the outside looking in. There is so much. You know, and and this is a celebrity. It is high profile. How much of this is really Miley? Nobody knows except Miley. Yeah. Yeah. And heck, maybe it's just an effort to sell more records, I which often happens to celebrities too. Yeah, she has her it new album be. that's released now, and they've only been married for eight months. How in the heck did you put together an album already? But maybe it's all pre-planned that way. Yeah, we don't know. That's why I think it's really dangerous. It's dangerous dangerous to model our lives and decisions and the government and left wing right wing after what goes on in Hollywood you can't it's not it's not realistic nothing on so TV what do we realistic. say to our young girls and our grandchildren who are four and five years old who are just now curious about their sexuality what do we say to them I mean, for millennia, we've been taught that heterosexuality is the norm. And now every day in the media, several times a day, I keep hearing QQ and gender fluid. And it's almost like it's wrong to be heterosexual. It's almost like they want huh. to, the media wants to abandon that. So in favor of being fluid. Let me give you another thought that I'm thinking about. We had all through our life, we've seen children that are that are born different, that have different learning skills. And at the time, we never talked about it. We put them away. We hid them. Some of them were killed at birth uh, because they were different. Today, that doesn't happen. Today, we have rules and we have laws to protect children with special needs. And so mm-hmm. now it looks like we have a rash of them, but they've always been there. They've always been there. We just didn't know about it. Nobody talked about it. I think we've always had people silently gay. The man who started and discovered and drew Wonder Woman, he was a polyamorous. Is that how you – I can never get that word right. Anyway, he lived with polyamorous. He had two wives and four children. And he lived like that his whole life. And his girlfriend was Margaret Sager's niece. And for the audience, Margaret Sager is the one who started the voting rights for women. She was a rebel then. I mean, if you, they have had these kind of marriages for a very long time. In other cultures, it was common. It's only once we came across the boat that became bad. You couldn't do that anymore. In history, the children that were different, they never got a chance to see all the special talent. And so now everything's out in the open. Somebody has taken the rug and shook it out. And I just think Mm -hmm. we'll find our level. I mean, that's just one example that I can think that everything was hidden and everything was quiet and you didn't talk about it. Sometimes they might kill you for being (laughs) out of the norm. Yes, you were killed. In some cultures, uh, a person that was a he, she, they called them, was considered a more feminine than male. Or he had both, like both genders in, or if you have a man that was gay, they can say a Sharma. That's the word I was looking for. A Sharma. Mm -hmm. He had the ability to see both, both sexes. And so they thought he was spiritual. There were Indian tribes that were Sharmas. And that was what they were. They were gay, and they had a, huh. a a gift. We don't look at it that way here. In other cultures, they did. In other cultures, they killed them. In other countries, they killed them. 
anything that's different that doesn't fit in the norm. And we do that here with our words and our books and our judgment. If somebody's different, that's why I think what you're doing, Linda, having these kind of guests that have difference of opinion and different ideas is so helpful to people. And our books. Well, it's sad that men would feel like they have to defend themselves against women when they really, they love our bodies. Uh, well, I'm just, of course, there's, there's gay men too. Um, but mm-hmm. sexuality, sex, I think there's, there's sex, there's a couple, there's blurred lines everywhere. Everyone's trying to figure out how they fit in. And as far as what to tell your four- and five-year-olds about their sexuality, they're teaching them crazy stuff in school. They're teaching them all these different options. It's a, it's a buffet of sexuality. And it is really confusing, I think, to be bombarding young, forming, formative minds with all of these options when really we were born, as I was raised traditionally, with two. You were a male or a female, and that was based on your body. And then feelings can come and go, and, and love comes and goes. It's just an elusive concept and fluid. It's like you can be one one day and change the next. That's very unsettling for a child who's trying to form a foundation of who they are or where they fit in their own household. I never thought about my sexuality when I was five. Never. Never. Oh, they're thinking about it now. I mean, not not on their own, per se. I have a very good friend. She's a famous matchmaker. She has her own TV show, actually. She has a second grader, a daughter who's a second grader. And her school was asking her on a daily basis, the teacher was asking her, what gender do you feel today? My friend ended oh. up taking the daughter out of the school. I too, too much, too soon. They can't even process that information. What is second grade? Is that, what, eight years old or whatever that is? I mean, it's just they, yeah. they, it's too much. It's, they're like on information overload. In fact, it would probably overload. be information overload at age 13, for goodness sakes. You're just right. starting to go through puberty, and it's all confusing, and your hormones are raging. You don't know what it is. You probably don't know what it is until age 25. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah, making a stand anyway, gosh, on what you are, or, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, it's we can't go too back much. to the 50s, but I think it's too much. I really do believe it is way too much for these kids. They need to play. They need to put down the phones, put down the games, and play. They need to be taught how to be children, not locked up in the house or even in the classroom. I think playgrounds yeah. shouldn't well, be just yeah. blacktop. I think it should be they need to play and I learn to play with each other. You. If they my, want to play son, with the doll, yeah, let them play, let him play with, with the doll. doll. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I mean, if they want to play with a uh, male gender type toy, I'm fine with it. If they want to play with a doll, I'm fine with it. But to introduce sexuality at that young age, I don't know. It's just so invasive to me. And without the parents' well, consent. It'd be one yeah. thing to say, you know, did I get the parents' consent to ask your child this? That'd be a whole other ball game. But to just go ahead and ask as standard operating procedure every morning, no. No. Uh, it's on, it's on the same level. Uh, I was going to say that in one of my daughter's classrooms a couple years ago, that a student stood up who was a girl, was allowed to stand up and make an announcement that she was now going to be seen as a he and would now be using the boys' bathroom, and this is my new name. And the parents were not told this was happening. 
and according to the school, mm-hmm. they don't have to notify the parents when this is going on in the classroom. All these children who are listening to this going, what in the heck? Seven and eight-year-olds going, uh, what does this mean? So you mean I can be a boy tomorrow? That's confusing. I, they're dead wrong. wrong. I think agenda is guiding children's minds. So they can, yes, you can be an astronaut. You can be a boy. I think that's wrong. Yeah. I agree. Meanwhile, the boys are saying, if a girl can be a boy, what am I? Yep. That's a little disillusioning for men today. They don't know what being a man is anymore. No, it's not okay to be a heterosexual man today. That's what I'm getting out of all the social media. I mean, it's okay to be fluid. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be polyamorous and all the all the different flavors in between. The one category that it's not okay to be is a heterosexual man. I'll give you an example. I like I was a heterosexual a... man myself. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I know. Don't we all? The soul timers. Um, I was at a new museum in downtown LA. It's called the Broad Museum. Totally love it. If you're into art, it's such a great museum. Anyway, at the end of the tour, you know, you have to make a potty stop and whatever. And in California, over the last 18 months or so, we passed laws here that the if you're over a certain size business, then you have to have gender neutral bathrooms, right? So since it's a brand new museum and since it, it exceeds that size requirement, we're following the hallways to find out where the bathroom is. Okay, so the, the women's mm-hmm. bathroom is clearly labeled. It says women with the sign with the dress go this way. All right, fine. And the guys who were in my group, they're like, well, where do we go? There was no men's bathroom. So huh. my huh. husband went, went to go ask the guys, okay, so where do the guys go? Because we got to go too. And he goes, oh, there's the changing room where you change the diapers, the family bathroom. The men go in there. Uh-huh. But there is no sign wow. in the hallway that says men's bathroom. I think that's wrong. What's up with that? I think it's I'm ridiculous. okay that there's a family. I think it's okay that there's a family bathroom, but there should be a men's room. What's up there with that? There should be a changing table in both of them. There should yeah. be a changing table in both of them. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. So how bizarre. do you ladies feel that there's no men's bathroom? I, I don't agree dumb. with it. I, I, don't, I would like to know why. I'm a wire person. I want to know why. I always want to know why. What's the why what's do the thinking behind have it? Genders. I think anyway, I think the I why think is that genders. it's okay in 2019. It's okay and acceptable to be fluid, but it's not okay to be a heterosexual male. I mean, that's the message I'm getting from it. Yeah, they have to squash all their natural desires and inclinations. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's really. I think it's really sad. That they they don't feel like they can be and then they don't they can't be a man. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's very sad. And what are women doing with that? They're saying, well, if you're not going to be a man, I'm going to go be with a woman. How is that any better? It's all of the individual. It's the individual, and everyone's generalizing these articles and these agendas across the board, and that's not that's not accurate. That's not right. I don't have yeah. an answer. I don't think I it's think right. I think it's discrimination it's like in the other way. No, I don't know about that. I think they have a lot more. I think they have a lot more privileges and can get away with a lot more. And can listen if they had to have a baby or they went through menopause. Trust me, they would love to be a man. They had to go through some of the things that we have to go through. But I wouldn't want to be a man. I wouldn't want to be a man. No. It's no. hard. Well, it's hard work. So taking the bathroom, that's an all show you. I mean, like, what is that? 
I, I don't, I don't, I would have to ask. That doesn't make any sense. Linda, do us a favor. Call the thing and ask them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Find out. Find out. I think I will. Maybe the guy didn't know there was a man's bathroom. Yeah. There's a lot of laws that don't make sense. Emmy, as you know, I opened up a business <laughs> last year just when this law, this bathroom law, the gender neutral law was changing. And the inspector said to me, okay, in one of the, ba- we had two bathrooms. And he says, in one of the bathrooms, you have to put a urinal. And I'm like, wait a minute, how is that gender neutral? Because if a male is coming to my establishment for the first time and he doesn't know which one is the female bathroom or the male bathroom, what's he going to do? Pick a door to figure out which one has the urinal? I don't get it. Like if you're going to make a urinal law, shouldn't the urinal be in both or in neither? And it's a one-person right. bathroom. Like, you need a urinal for anyway. If you're at a stadium when there's 40 stalls or whatever, okay, I get that. So then you're going to need urinals. But I said it's a one-person, single-use room. It doesn't need a urinal. Oh, no, we fought on that for like three months, but he forced me to put a urinal in one of the bathrooms. I'm like, that's discrimination. That's against what the law is intended for. He still made me put it in. Mm-hmm. So go figure. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, guys, if you've just joined us, thank you for joining us today. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we were talking about a blow to patriarchy. We were on with my guest, Susan LeBron. Be sure to pick out her book, and I'm going to post this on my social media, so you can just click on the link and go. The name of her book is No Fig Leaves Allowed, Getting Emotionally Naked. And also we were joined today by my other host, guest host, Emmy Sims, and her book is A Little Bit of Pleasure. All right, ladies, if you want to say a few closing words, we're just about ready to wrap up on this topic or talk a little bit about coaching or the type of services that you offer your customers. Now's a free forum to take a minute to do that. Go ahead, Susan. All right, Emmy, thank you, sweet love. Well, my book, No Fig Leaves Allowed, of course I recommend it. The activity comfort meter is, I think it's important for all of us to identify what our barriers are, what our expectations are for ourselves, what hang-ups did we inherit from our parents and lost relationships, bad engagements, and how is that keeping us from moving forward and forming what we need and what we're hoping for in our partners? Whether we're dating or married, it's important to understand where all of that comes from and what we're projecting onto our partners. So if you're a man and you're frustrated with women not accepting you or you're not feeling where your place is, try to understand what it is that you expect and then get really strong and firm about what you expect out of the relationship. And if it's not there, it's not there. There are fish in the sea, and if someone wants to jump into the lady pond for a quick dip, ask them, understand why they feel it's necessary and what maybe you can provide for them to where they swim in in your pond a little longer. So (laughs) I'm for the man being a man, woman being a woman, and as far as everything in between, that's an individual decision. It cannot be generalized over the entire world population. So I think it comes down to the individual and knowing what you want and asking for it. I'm all here for self-discovery and enrichment, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. But one of the best gifts you can give your partner is to listen. 
if he or she yep. is coming from a certain place of their hang-ups or whatever their roadblocks are, the best gift you can give them is to listen and to see if you can jump in to help and ease their anguish or whatever it is. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Okay, and let's hear from Emmy now. Tell us a little bit about your business. Go ahead. Well, thank Emmy. you again for having me on the show. I love this section and, and this topic. What my book is primarily about is helping women, especially over 40, to have a better sex life. Uh, our biggest sex organ is our brain, and we are stopped by old belief, tradition, things that don't work, things that can work, but we're too afraid to try it to help clear away the cobwebs, to understand what your body's going through. I am a certified life coach. I am a homegrown sexologist. I help you study your own self, and that's what I deal with, and that's what my book's about. It's many women's experience and how they changed and how we can change if we truly want to, and that's about it. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you again, ladies, for (laughs) joining us. You're going to be listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. If you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about She Serves a Sandwich and Beer. So there are little displays of affection that your girl does that make you feel so loved, so appreciated, and so cared for. It's all you can do but to fall in love with her. So there were several men that wrote in to say what their one-liners were, what small little uh, token of affection their girls did that just made them want to be with this girl forever. So listen to that show. It's a very uplifting show. If you missed that show or any and all of my archive shows, including this one, it's going to be on the On Demand Library pretty soon, and you can find it so easily. Just Google it, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, and all the different platforms will come up. The best way to pull it up is SoundCloud because that has the whole five your library, but we can also listen on, of course, Blog Talk Radio and iTunes and quite a few of of the other podcast channels. So thank you for joining us today. We will catch you here next week, each and every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Bye for now, and we'll see you next time. 